Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com. I've got a new pedal. Pedal. I've got a new guitar pedal. He's got a new guitar pedal. He said, Vex wanna send me some pedals. Me and Brian. Send us more pedals. Send us some pedals, Zed Vex. Welcome, Welcome to the mouth, the mouth of Oosh. Got a new pedal, mate, yeah? Yeah, I've got a new <laughs> Yeah. I've got a couple of new guitar bits from the birthday. I've got them in to unplug them. All the batteries are run out. Um... Yeah, big fan of ZVEX or ZVEX pedal. ZVEX, is it? Z-V-E-X. ZVEX, if you're in America. Sweet if anyone in. in America is listening and they know Zachary Vex, <laughs> I believe that is his name, um, tell him that we are we're advertising his pedals for nothing. Yep. And um, I love them. They're a lovely and, little unit, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, I'd like some more. Uh, please, uh, Zachary Vex, he's superstar. He even makes like amps, and he he messes around with voltages and things. Uh, and he he makes like uh, weird amps that run on light bulbs and shit like that. Crazy, weird I stuff. love stuff like that. It's Quite a whole other world, isn't it? That mm. Kind of boutique thing. Yeah. Bit about. Like our friends at uh, Raygun FX. Yeah. Boutique pedals. Yeah, I use my one quite a bit when I can. Dig a bit of boutique. Yeah, yeah so man. basically all like ZVEX, um, like they've got, if you buy like the original, like the proper ZVEX, I've got a couple. Mm. They're made like in America, Akron or something like that. And they're all signed. 
And uh, he has an artist who does all the labels and that. Well, like hand signed, signed by the. Yeah, they're all hand hand painted. Those ones. That one's not. That's a Japanese Vexter. All oh, right, yeah. But the other ones are hand painted. Oh, that's so cool! I love stuff like that. Yeah, I know it's pretty cool. I'd that like to cool. do that. Yeah, like hand paint pedals. I quite happily do that all fucking day. Yeah, that's a really good shout actually. Maybe you should do like a collaboration with some people. I still play with my electro harmonics, big, big muff. muff pie micro. It's a it's a muff nano. Nano, that's it. Yeah, tasty. It's a muff is. nano. I've got a full size muff. You got a massive muff, yeah. and I've got a small muff, small and tidy. I don't think they're that much different though, really. No, the sound apparently the sound, the no, circuitry is the same. Like that one's really temperamental. My mate Joe had to fix it. Joe Espin, if you're listening, respects. Um, so. Yeah, we had a couple of little nice bits of news, really. So I was so since we've been doing the podcast, and it's been pretty much a year, roughly to the day, really. This is episode forty-eight, released until about April, but because um, we were waiting on uh, our friends at Acast, but um, we've definitely been recording for a year now. Oh yeah, I'll have to work out when our birthday is. It's around my birthday. So, since we've been doing this podcast, the best thing about it, really, is... Um, seeing me every week. Seeing Brad nearly every week. Uh, well, it is, you know, our friendship blossoming in front, in everyone's ears. But um, uh, the idea of just being the fact that we just be honest about things... And then because we've been honest about things, like good things have just happened to us. Yeah, loads of really good things. Well, we haven't had to make a lot of effort for good things to happen. No. Uh, so, you know, I've, well, we did the live thing the other week in Colchester. That would yeah. never have happened. We wouldn't have had that experience if we hadn't decided to be honest about our feelings and tell the world. And making new friends through those experiences Made loads as well. of new friends. Guys are pet knees, Eddie. You know, loads of new friends. And then, um, so yeah, all of that, doing Best of All. Yeah. All of these good things have happened just from us sitting in my garage room uh, and being honest about our feelings. It's good, man. It's really good. A lot of good stuff has come of it. Even, like, T-shirts. Yeah, T-shirts from Chris uh, and a reader at uh, Legally Assertive. We've got some T-shirts... Um, we managed to blag a couple of free t-shirts of of our t-shirts. So even normally, like yeah, we like basically we don't get loads of them. I've got one. I've got one right here. I'll show you one, Brad. So it's a drawing that I did, uh, and it looks really cool. I've got the my ones the other drawing, so oh, we've cool. got different ones. Oh, that's good. I like that. I did ask for different ones. They come up really good. You can't hear it. Oh, no, you can't. That's what can it sounds like. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Russell. But I think, uh, so in essence, it's the, like the idea that uh, we're just being honest about ourselves and good things have happened as a result. And I just think it's kind of like, uh, and lots of people have said lovely things to us and we're helping people along the way. You know, we, we know that. Uh, and that is an amazing thing. We've had some really nice messages from people. I wondered whether there might be a way <clears throat> that we can 
get those messages and maybe scrub people's names out. Because we've I've had, done a few. We've literally had messages from people saying that essentially we've kind of saved their lives, which is fucking mind blowing. Um, and we did originally say if we could help one person and yeah. our job's done, we've helped quite a lot of people, it would appear. But the weird thing is, is that we haven't really, the, why it feels strange is that we, we essentially we haven't really done anything. No. Uh, all we've done is made the decision to be honest. Yeah, in a couple of days another, out. And, and, and a few guests. Yeah. You know, like we haven't actually really done anything. So no. it feels weird when people are like, thank you. Cause it's like, well, what have we really done? Yeah. Um, but I guess in this day and age, it's hard to be honest. It is. It seems to be harder and harder in a world where people people's online presence is just as much of a facade as yeah. it would be in conversation sometimes. In a weird way, you can see more of people, but you can see more of what people want you to see. So today, I was uh, listening to uh, uh, Russell Brad's podcast, Under the Skid. I don't know why I advertise him because he's not coming on our show. He is. He is coming on. Just not. Just not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm told touring commitments. Um, Oh, we actually that's in email format. We've actually been. We've had. Yeah, yeah. We've been emailing Charlie, his manager, who is very lovely. Mm. Um, But he, uh, I was listening to his podcast with um, Fern Cotton, and I didn't realise Fern Cotton suffered. Like severe depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. so she's in our gang. Yeah, and um, and they were talking about it about uh, how you know people are like really responding to it, and her podcast has done amazingly well. She's written three books about mm. just that topic. Yeah, we've got about her own depression. Yeah, which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like how especially it's been the response has been brilliant. And Russell was like, but isn't that awful that um people are saying that's special and yeah. amazing that you're talking about yeah, it surely not... we should all be able to just talk about our yeah. feelings and and live happy lives yeah in an ideal world someone should have listened to the first episode of this and gone well these are just two dickheads saying the same thing as i talk about anyway so i'm not going to listen to any more yeah it's fucking nuts really so it's kind of awful that uh, it's indicative of a pretty fucked up horrible society yeah where all we care about is what we're going to have next and our money yeah uh and uh yeah, so we, he was talking about that and it, it kind of struck a chord with me and I thought, well, well that's, of course. Yeah. It is bonkers and it is bonkers. But, um, yeah, good things keep happening, to be honest. So I really recommend um, to anyone out there who's listening, um, don't don't uh, shy away from being who you are. Like, there's, like, you know, they say um, uh, a lot of people will do it when they've been through like uh like or they're in the twelve step program and they say talk saying their truth and I hate it and for a long time I really struggled with it. But actually now I kind of think it's quite a good term because uh I might be talking my truth and that'll be about uh, like say like my family have upset me. Their truth is different. Mm. So actually, to say that's my truth, um, that doesn't mean that you're you're beyond criticism. Uh, often, I think people say, "Well, that's my truth," and that means that you're beyond criticism. That that's not true. You, you, there is still criticism, and there can still be kind of, you know, people can still question. 
Yes, yeah, open yourself up to be criticised. But as long yeah, as it's done but, in an all right way. If yeah. someone goes, oh, do you know what, you said that, this thing and I'm not really too happy about it, as long as you then go, oh, that's fair enough, I didn't really realise. Or what I meant, as, as long as it's open it. for discussion, yeah. that's fine. So you have to be open for the discussion. Yeah. And sometimes people say, well, that's my truth, and then they close down. Yeah. And I don't think that's the way to go because someone else's truth might actually help your truth. Mm. But anyway... So the idea of speaking your truth um, and being honest about who you are, I think is really important. Definitely. And I think it, that can save lives in itself. And working out who you are and working out yeah. what your truth is and being, yeah. being open to working out what it is. Yeah, and understanding yourself. Mm. And I say that with my eyes looking up because essentially that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. Yeah. Just trying to work it all out. But that's cool though because you're trying to work it out. Yeah. And like, at least if you're, you're basically you're working on it. Mm. You know, I always say like you need to be working on it all the time. Yeah, it don't mean that you're working on it at the expense of everything else. No, but basically you're trying, you're working on being like being well. Mm. Yeah, all the time. And that's why I see the parallel between mental health and addiction so yeah. closely because you've always got to be working on addiction. Mm. I think you always need to be working on your mental health. Yeah, definitely. Because if you leave it, then you find yourself in a gutter. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we heard from... Um, so, uh, I emailed Brewdog to say, will you sponsor us? Yeah. Because um, we like Brewdog. Because um, a few weeks ago, we had Jordan Gray on, and she said um, that she really respected Brewdog. Yeah. Because they... Uh, like they will share their um, uh, uh, their profits amongst. Yeah, their share scheme. I think for about starting at about two hundred to three hundred pound, you could basically buy their shares and you get like money off, and you go to events and stuff like that, and the odd free beer here and there. And stuff so like it's that. like a co-op. I remember seeing it and think, oh, I'd love to do it. But I just didn't have the money at the time. But yeah, it's for a company like that to be able to sort of step over small bits of money knowing that essentially it's going to lead to bigger things. Yeah. And it has done because they're everywhere and it's amazing. And they are, I think, just a couple of guys who just set out to to do something quite cool. I know, I remember, I think there was the Brewdog place in Brixton, I think it was, a long, long, long time you, ago. You find Brewdog, like, you go to gigs. Oh, now like, it's like, everywhere, all yeah. around London. Yeah. But yeah, so I messaged them and said, ah, oh, will you sponsor us? And they said, no, we won't sponsor you. But we'll give you some free stuff. So they're going to send us a load of uh, free um, booze and that. Yeah. Which is really, really great. Thank you, Brew Dog. Yeah, much appreciated. Because like, I just think they're so really brilliant. And like uh, again, that kind of comes back to the idea that you uh, you make an effort to put yourself out in the world and, and then good things happen as yeah. a result. That whole side of it, though, is talking to people about the podcast and stuff like that. And when we get messages back of people saying, oh, you know, maybe we're not looking at it at the moment. We might, might look at it in the future, but what we think you're doing is incredible and stuff like that. Like, we've had some really lovely emails from We from do tend people. to get nice responses. We yeah. don't, very rarely does someone not respond. No. Uh, I mean, if you hit a big corporation, yeah, you don't get a lot back, but... Even that Native Instruments, then the people I reached out to, we got an email back from... Just saying, like, yeah, really dig it, stay yeah. in touch, kind of thing. Yeah. We had quite a few of them. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, yeah, hopefully we're going to get some stuff from Brewdog, and I think we will. 
which is really exciting. And when we do, we'll post loads of pictures of us with uh, our free brew dog stuff. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, so then that led me to getting in touch with Gary, who was actually meant to be on the podcast tonight. Uh, uh, a guy I know, Gary, used to be in a band called Ballroom, cracking band, like in the nineties, and um, he uh, he works for Fight Back Lager. And they um, they sell like lagering venues, but they give a lot of the profits back oh, to yeah, keeping about small that. venues open. That's London, a really cool thing. Which is a really cool thing. Yeah, stuff like that that's just different. And um, people thinking differently. Whereas you know, I should imagine a lot of businesses start out of right. We need to make this much because you need a wage, I need a wage and everything else. But for people to be able to step back and go, yeah, we can do that. But also we want to help people or we want to do something a little bit different or like divert in a direction that's basically going to keep these venues open and stuff. It's about like making money. No. Because I just think the idea of making money, making money, um, it's false quest. It, is, it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't work in society. And the evidence is, our society is pretty fucked. Yeah. Everyone's angry. And that is because we go along. I don't necessarily believe in the idea of, uh, you know, communism mm-hmm. or necessarily that strongly about socially, socialism. I believe that people should get, if they work hard, they should do well. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in that. But I also believe that if you're doing well, um, you should look after other people as well yeah, a little agreed. bit. Yeah. And you shouldn't feel bad about doing that. No. Because, you know, a lot of people go, well, I'm a scrounger's and that. And I just think there's a reason people are in that position. Even like um, the Tyson Fury, the boxing thing yeah, the other week, yeah. it's given away, like, is it? I don't know whether it's all of the, probably like £9 million or something to um, certain charities and stuff like that. And I just think like... That's amazing. And it's like, I've earned enough money. Yeah. He might, he might get to the point like, where he might fine. not have enough, but like, imagine being in that situation where a lot of people think, oh, I better save this, I better save that. And he's gone, no, do you know what? I'm going to help other people. Because in turn, what will happen is people will help him. Like through like all this, the debt stuff I'm going through at the moment, um, obviously it's chopping and changing every day and there's, a, there's kind of a lot going on with it. But I've... I, I've been getting letters back from corporations saying like, um, we really sympathize with your situation. You won't hear from us for another 12 months. Um, if you do need to speak to someone, we've got a special unit here or here's a number for the Samaritan, like really thought out kind of not just as a generic, like not chuck just, it back. Oh, fuck off. Mate. And there's me and Kate were saying, well, as soon as we have good. got money, the first people I'm paying back are those. And I will make a point of saying like, obviously there's a lot of people, other people we're trying to pay back, but just so you know, out of response to the letter that you sent, we've made a direct, we basically want to pay you back sooner because of how you've reacted. And Barclays as well, Barclays Bank have been unreal, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I suppose the problem comes when uh, at some point you, um, do you, you have to just acknowledge that you're fucked yeah. and, like you, uh, and they're being nice, but they're like, you know, I can't be nice anymore because I'm fucked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like at some point, like, like don't lose sight of actually you're kind of, you're treading water. Oh yeah. You know, and you know, at some point you could, I always think 
is you'd always just strive to be nice and be kind. But if you're really fucked, sometimes you've just got to look after it. Yeah, it's true. Like those around, like yeah. you and yours. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, at that point, I think you're allowed to be mm. selfish. You know, at some points you're allowed to be selfish. Yeah. Because there are points when you're like, oh, you know, we've got to keep it fucking together. I've got mm. kids. I've got to be selfish for a bit. Yeah. But then when when you're through it, then you can stop being selfish. Yeah, you? and I will do. Like, it's I'm... not being selfish because it's not just you, is it? No. That's what I mean. Yeah, of course. And I, what's been difficult for me is like, I am, I consider myself to be generous and helpful and stuff like that. A lot of that, a lot of that generosity quite often came in conjunction with having enough money to help people. I'd help, I'd see that as kind of like a money block really. I haven't got any money, so I can't really help anyone. But sometimes help is just a text message or a phone call in a certain direction. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Help is very, help is very, very rarely financial. Mm. Like someone could be in all kind, like you know, like I don't give you money, but I try and help you. Yeah, you do help me loads. Or I try and make things a bit easier. Yeah, or try and go like, well, you know. But it's those. So it's not like I'm. I'm not giving you money. You can still be helpful. Yeah, of money. course. Sometimes it's just going. Oh, I do you want to talk it through a bit. Yeah, and like in a not to sound kind of superficial, but like what we were saying before is like when people do acknowledge what we're doing and they send us stuff like Mark Julian from Canada is sending us one of his books. Yeah. Like that's amazing. I don't even yeah. know how much it costs to send a book to this country from Canada, but he's doing it. Yeah. It's going to cost at least a fiver, mm. probably more. And I, like little things like that make me feel amazing. Yeah, I know. It really does. So doesn't it? Yeah. It's like, you don't really need a lot. Like acknowledgement, like Lee giving us a book, uh, when we did the yeah. live thing the Lee giving me a book mate I like, nearly cried and like, Neil Pye giving us the Pokemon card the other yeah, day. I yeah, was in exactly. tears mate I was in absolute tears exactly so cool but don't you think it was lovely after Neil Pye being on he then felt invigorated to start doing something for himself yeah like after the conversation with him having a really tough time and all and then he came on here and then he felt invigorated to do something for himself yeah and I just think fucking hell like like we're we're doing like that makes me feel like we're yeah, doing something special. Definitely. If someone feels like they want to get up and do it for themselves. Yeah. And now they want to go and do their own podcast. I'm like, if I can help you, I will. Yeah, hundred percent. All day long. Yeah. Yeah, all day long. Like, totally. Yeah. And it's again that stuff that's the information that we can give for free and technical help and whatever it is. It's just uh, everyone should have a chance to do what they what they want to do. And there are a lot of people out there that would be like, oh, no, I'm not helping them. Like, I see them as competition and I'm not going to give them any of my knowledge and advice and stuff like that. But those those people won't last very long. But then it's fine. You know, like, that's fine. That's how you want to do it. This is how we want to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's true, yeah. And I'm like, I'm all about thank you for listening. Mm. You know, like, thank you. Well, it blew my mind that Lee was saying that he's listened to every single episode. Yeah. So that's like 45, 45 hours. Well, that just blows my mind. one person listening to 45 minutes of my fucking drool. Like, that blows me away. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, the other thing we sorted out was uh, Gary Mansfield, who is, is going to come on the podcast. I can't wait. That's an in-between day, though, so that we'll do three in a row. So, you know, that's Yes, fine. I love like Gary. Gary's amazing. So I've not met Gary, but Gary Mans- Mansfield is an artist um, and he he was in prison for quite a while. And whilst he was in prison, uh, 
he basically became an artist. Yeah. Which I just think is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and I watched the thing with him the other day. Uh, he got interviewed for like a YouTube special. And um, he talked about his journey and it was really inspiring. And uh, the, the way he talked about like crime and criminality, like I completely agreed with, mm-hmm. agreed with everything he said. And uh, he got all choked up at the end. And I messaged him and I was like, I just watched that. I was like, it's fucking inspiring. Like yeah. that made me feel so much more strongly about pursuing art. Yeah. And he messaged me back, and you just had me. <laughs> like, I can't believe you just said that. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> like, of course. He, do you know what my favourite thing about him is? Obviously, he's got his own podcast, and he has artists on those podcasts. So hopefully, in turn, you'll go on his one. Um, no, we're going to do it in a night. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're going to do it in both. So we'll do, if you're all right with that, we're yeah, gonna of course. Do, he's he's going to be on ours for an hour. Yeah. And then we'll do in the same night we'll record for him yeah of course but my yeah I am definitely right but what's good is I see more of other people's art on his social media than his own he really goes out of his way to champion other people's art and through his appreciation of it obviously and stuff that he likes but people that he likes as well and their stories and it's fascinating it's so cool yeah, it's really cool. Like, it could be all, like, me, me, me and everything else, but he's oh, really yeah, going yeah, out of his yeah. way to sort of, totally, like, speak to other people. Quite the opposite. That, so. Like, we've been, I've been talking to him quite a bit on, uh, like, Messenger and that. We've kind of hit it off, I think. I think, like, when we meet, we'll be like, oh, fucking yeah. hell. Did you go to the, any of the hardcore listing at um, Hoxton Square? Oh, yeah, that's where I met him. A couple of times, I think. Definitely I think once. Riker came to one. I'd like to meet Riker. Riker, yeah, I met him at Hoxton. Did he go to? He came to the like the Grays Hardcore. Oh, did he? Yeah, you would have met him there then. Uh, but I, I think uh, I might have got introduced to him like quickly, but that was it. Yeah. But what I like about like Gary, we've met on our own terms. Yeah. So when I spoke to him, I went like he liked my artwork, uh, and then I said, "Oh, thanks for liking my artwork." Yeah. Um, if you checked out our podcast and went yeah 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 it's great what you're doing oh that's like, so cool oh I hear you um you include emerging artists on your podcast do you reckon you could like we could do a quid pro quo yeah yeah because you've got a fascinating story yeah incredible and like it's a, it's a real story of um triumph over adversity yeah and like, I love those kind of stories have man. you seen his the artwork that he does that he draws pictures but he draws them with like the ticks you know in, in prison movies and that they write on the wall how many days yeah, they've like been inside four, like five, five with a slash yeah. when you zoom in on his pictures they're all made up of the little ticks uh, and that that's cool as fuck I know, that's so like cool padlock and I was the best as she was like fucking hell that yeah. must really do your yeah. editing he was like it does <laughs> it really does my editing and, uh, oh yeah, no, I've been messaging him loads. Been oh, that's good. I'm really pleased. That's really, really nicely. cool. Again, it's just another nice thing to come out of other nice things. Well, that's what I mean. Like, just out of the idea that you just talk to, like, I get to feel like more of an artist by talking to other artists just through the back of fucking being honest about yeah. my feelings. Like, I just think if you're honest about your feelings, amazing things can happen. It's just ridiculous. The good things that happen to us just because we've been honest. Yeah. It's like attracts like, I think. Also, um, a friend of mine, Jim, I'm trying to secure a date for. So he goes by the name of Onyx in his artwork. Oh, yeah. And he basically makes these sculptures out of stuff that he finds. Mate, they're fucking insane. Like, 
from a Do distance. Do you know his website? Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. He showed me some of his stuff. Yeah, I'll send it to you. He's he's up for coming on. Oh, um, his name's Onyx. Um, I can't remember his website, but yeah, just if you go on my social media, I'm following him. Um, He, I think he was doing like a regular job and everything. He had some kind of accident, ended up in a coma and just went through like all these hellish nightmares of like war and rape and all this sort of mad stuff. He was basically obviously awake in his head and he saw all this stuff and he's kind of used that and it's inspired his art and it makes it incredible. It, you know, when something's like so well executed and so well done, it's really neat. And like, I'd seen, I'd um, done a couple of bits of music for some of his videos. So I'd seen the like the videos that they'd done. And then I went up and met him in like, London and see it firsthand. I cried straight away. It's it was fucking... in this place, wasn't it? Because that's what we were talking about. Uh, oh, I I oh, oh, we have to definitely get him on because yeah. I reckon like, uh, I'm quite like I kind of approach art. And his story is like amazing, and his artwork's incredible. But his artwork, I think, it's just a date well. lined up. We've got our little list of um, George Lamb as well. George is up for coming on. It's just tying him down, getting a date. We've got some good people, mate. Yeah, we've got um, so we've got <clears throat> guest books up and work like to, to the end of the summer, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and a few more that have asked. I just haven't put in the list yet. So we've also got a long-term listener, Remy, um, who emails us once in a while, really. Yeah. And he, he's a really lovely fellow and lives in Canada. Yeah. And um, he was saying the other day that uh, he prefers the episodes when it's just us. Yes. And, um, and I was saying that... Um, like, that... Yeah, we we will pepper them in, mm. but in, in many ways, having guests on kind of keeps it interesting. Yeah, for it's us. a different dynamic, really. Yeah, like we we can keep talking forever, but it's just nice having someone else talking as well. And yeah, I always learn. Like, I mean, I always learn stuff just me and you, but just it's a different perspective of stuff, it is, isn't it? Mm. You kind of you learn loads, and I think that's really important. That um, like we're sociable animals, we need to be around people. Yeah, definitely, and um. Everyone's got a story, like their life story mm. to tell you, uh, and they would have learnt from it. Yeah. And you can learn from it. Yeah. And never close yourself off to other people. No. Uh, so that's why I like having guests on. Really. What my favourite thing is as well is some of the guests that we've had, I haven't always known or whatever. And then like we get talking and we're talking about this and that. And then there's some, like once you start breaking down into their story, like Simon Murphy really got me, like and Helen as yeah. well, like their stories and stuff like that as well. It's just insane, like what they've been through and everything. And it, it it's so nice when you can kind of come away with something as well from it all. Well, that's 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 it. So we, like you'll have a guest on and you'll learn loads from them, but because it's so like honest and raw, that it it, it can't it affects you. Yeah. It impacts on you mm. in some way, and you go away, and like normally, like I struggle to get sleep on Thursday nights because, um, like I'm just like feel so blown away that someone has felt comfortable enough to talk about yeah their their life with me yeah that uh, you know it doesn't you'll notice listener that we don't really have a lot of famous people on here. No. It's not that we're averse to having famous people on. We've just basically said yes to everyone and that's taken like, us up to yeah, the summer as it is. If someone wants to come on, like, I'm not going to deny them the opportunity. No. Everyone's so, got like, a story. If they've got something to say, I'm like, fuck it, come on and say it. Yeah. 
Oh, there's well, loads of people we could like hit up just because they're famous, but essentially, like, there's a couple that I thought about getting on that I don't know how much of a story there would be, you know. And it's just, you know, everyone's got a story to tell, but we're not just going to get them on just because they're famous. Yeah, I felt like I, I after seeing like listening to Fern Cotton once, I'd love to have Fern Cotton on because. I, I even felt like uh, the conversation that she had with Russell Brand was fairly uh, still felt like two famous people talking yeah. and two people in the industry talking. Mm. So there wasn't, all right, Fern said fuck a couple of times, but there was no like, why? No. Why would you feel that way mm. then? Like, what, what, where's that come from? Yeah. And I, I just think those why questions are the ones that just aren't really asked. Yeah. And I feel like we do ask that. Yeah. And that's why, that's what makes it special. Yeah. So I didn't feel like there was a lot of depth. And, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll be asking those questions. Quite often as well, like, within the industry people are super busy and they've had to squeeze in like two hours or an hour um so it's can be quite hard to switch on a lot of emotional stuff and like normally for the first sort of half hour 45 minutes people are in their radio mode or in their actor mode and stuff like that so you kind of got to break that down a little bit that's why it's nice that we can you know we say we're an hour but we can go over longer we tend to break down that kind of stuff pretty quickly yeah that's true i liked uh looking at jordan's when i'm back and um, at the beginning she was like I love it already yeah <laughs> yeah she's so enthusiastic but it was like oh yeah no no but the idea of making like not being afraid to be vulnerable not being afraid to be an, idi- an idiot yeah like yeah we're idiots yeah you know just kind of going straight out there and just kind of laying it out there straight away yeah like you're instantly making a fool of yourself yeah like, so, like, yeah, yeah, why do we play guitars at the beginning? Yeah. It's an instant, it instantly breaks down a barrier. Yeah. Instantly going, like, you know, we're idiots and we're just, we're having fun as yeah. well. It sort of sets everyone up ready to go. I think that's the difference because, like, we try, like, like, you describe, like, to a stranger, just describe what we do. It sounds really kind of, like, heavy and thick yeah. and... Uh, it don't sound that appealing. Nah. But then, like, Lee was saying, like, he'll be laughing out loud. I love the idea of people. And funnily enough, I got a message. Um, Lee had spoken about it, and um, my next-door neighbour, David, uh, had mentioned about the Castle Grayskull thing that I'd said about, and they'd, like, burst out in laughter. And I kind of... I'd literally... That was just a story, because we were talking about drawing or whatever. But, like... I kind of forget that people are actually listening to this. Yeah, and I he think, was saying like I he think. literally like it was in fits, like he nearly threw up, like listening, like running along listening to it. That's crazy, isn't it? So like for me, when we, I when we do it, I try and be in the moment. And in my life, it, <clears throat> it is probably the only time when I'm in the moment at that yeah. point. So I make no apologies to. Uh, that I might ask too many questions. I think I said it at the live one. I was like, I, you know, no apologies. Like, so I swear, stuff. Like, I'm gonna, I'm going for it because yeah. this is the only time I get to totally do it. Yeah. And uh, for when, so when we do this, I think it's the only point in my life 
when I'm totally in the moment. Yeah. Like the rest of the time, I've got other shit going on. Yeah. And I can't let myself go. But I feel like this is our show. Yeah. So uh, I can be who the fuck I want to be. That is true. I have good and bad days with that. Sometimes I'm a little bit shyer than other days. But, but that's fine as well. But do you know what it is, though? It's because I wasn't for a really long time. And the reason I wasn't is because I had false confidence in drink and drugs. And I would always, that version of me seems so far away. I'm kind of like relearning my own thing. Relearning who, but what, who you And I know it's not ideal for a podcast, but I like to sort of listen and react now. Yeah. It's something I would always like want to feel the silences and be the first to sort of talk about what I was doing or anything else. I've spent my whole life doing that. And since we've started this, I've kind of stopped doing it and I've quite enjoyed just sort of reacting. It's been quite, it's quite nice for me. It's quite. No, but that works though, because like if we, I want to feel the silences. Yeah. But then. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. No, no, no. It's just different. But if we both did it. Yeah. It wouldn't work. No. And the fact that one of us does it. Yeah. Then that's fine. Yeah. And then you sit back and then you go, oh, what about this? Yeah. So it works because we're not both doing it. Yeah. But for me, like for me, I'm like, most of the time I'm trying desperately not to feel the silences. But then when we're here, like I, I, I do spend a lot of time trying not to feel the silences. No, I'm glad you do because because uh, otherwise, otherwise I've got to think. Talking. Yeah, and then I've got to think about things. But I just think like, like you know, this is our show. So if I want to talk, I'm gonna talk. Yeah, I make you right. So um, and there's something really empowering about that. Brad's messing around with his barnet. I took my hat so off. Quite good. I'm growing it. I've taken my hat off. And I've been uh, I've been washing it, uh, which is apparently what you're supposed to do. <coughs> no, uh, there was so um, quite often when I'm in my car, I listen to Radio Four because I find if I listen to too much music, it really fucks up, makes my tinnitus worse. Oh yeah. And so I was listening to Radio Four, and they were talking about um, uh, like Brits' washing habits. Yeah. And. And well, for some reason, they were kind of comparing it to the French, saying, i.e., the, the the kind of uh, the suggestion being that the French stink and they don't wash, which is... It sounds like the BBC fun. to be really racist. Yeah, it's obviously really ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, the, yeah, so then they'd done a survey, and it was like, oh, men wash less than women. But that's a surprise for you. Mm. But apparently, men wash their hair more than women. Um, yeah, because I should imagine because it's longer, and I think because it frizzes up. Yeah, but I found I went for a phase of washing mine every day, and it started going all weird. So now I do it every other day or week, and now it's going quite nice. Especially now it's longer. I, I it's got a shine to it. I, I probably I'm really fucking lazy at washing it. I just can't be fucked. I remember like. Uh, I think it's because like, I'm married and like, I'm not trying to pull. Even when I was trying to pull, I didn't really. But like, I, I probably, I, I definitely only wash my hair a couple of times a week. I think it doesn't need washing. It doesn't need washing, does it? When I wash it though, it goes like all kind of like uh, light. Frizzy. And it seems like it's less existing. Just not the front of mine much. has been going frizzy because where it's I'm losing it. It's going frizzy at the front, uh, not, and then yeah, when I wash it, it goes all. But you, have got a fi- you have got a fine hair like me, though. Yeah, really fine. All of a sudden, 
like in the last sort of year. It is quite fine. It don't generally look fine, but when you pull it back, it does. Look at that side parting, look. Moses would be proud, look. Well, happy listener. You can hear it if you want. Handsome devil. You've got good coverage, bro. It's all right. It's all right. I'm quite lucky that like every gust of wind creates a new style, new look. It's interesting though because, like, I just think if someone's listening to this, uh, like, no, right, this is it. So the other day, and if you don't listen to Radio Four, I really recommend it. There's too much fucking news on it, but apart from that. So is it, have you seen Fleabag? I haven't yet. It's on my list. It's really, really Yeah, I've heard good. really, really good things. I can't wait to watch it. And there's just, I've just too that, much other uh, things so to she watch. She's been interviewed on Radio 4, and there's a bit in it when uh, she says, um, and I think she's amazingly talented, um, and she said that uh, um, for women, hair is everything. Yeah. And I, I instantly was like, Ah, and men. Yeah. You know, like, for some men, they can just shave their head and they're fine. Yeah. But for all the other men, unless you've got a thick head of hair, hair's an issue. Yeah, it is. Um, And she was saying, she said, so she said she'd had this discussion with her friend and then she was like, I've got to put that in the show. If you haven't seen Fleabag, I really fucking recommend it because it's like... um, it's almost, it's a bit like us. It's just someone being really honest about her stuff. It's fascinating. And it like she breaks through the fourth wall and talks to the camera and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's amazingly fucking talented. Right? Uh, sorry, Bryce is doing cocaine. Yeah, I've got coronavirus. Sorry about the sniffing. <laughs> um, and then it just kind of gets you to thinking that actually a lot of those things like about, um, no, things that we see as women's issues, men have as well. Because a lot of, uh, so another thing I was listening to with Russell Brown the other day was um, talking about uh, uh, like the kind of the movement of body positive. Mm-hmm. And um, and so they were saying that uh, the non-positive bit had been dreamed up. So, um, so it was like uh, when... Advertising first came to the front four, which first... 80s? Oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, well before the 80s. Yeah. And um, and they were like, what can we come up with uh, as an idea of selling something that will make us money forever? And it was, tell women they're not good enough. Wow, yeah, makes a lot of sense. And that idea that tell women that they're not good enough uh, and... That we we can make money on that forever. It's and crazy, they have, isn't it? Yeah, and they still do. It's sickening. Those magazines and stuff, and the makeup adverts and that, they deserve to be under fire as much as they are, and they should be more so. They should be drawn out and and crucified because it's just, it's it's horrific. Well, yeah, it's horrific to the idea of saying this is if if you want to be happy, you need to look like this because mm. that's not true. I watched a TED talk the other day when they had like a famous model came on, and she uh, and she was saying it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she was stunning. 
But what she did do was put up, like, say, when she first became a model, when when she was 16, she showed you the picture of when she was 16, like the, the photo yeah. that launched her. And then she showed you exactly the same day of her on the beach with her mates. And she looked like any other girl at yeah, 16 yeah, on the yeah. beach with her mates. Yeah. And she was like, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's Photoshop. They've put that on and make you stand a certain way. Yeah. And she was going like, and they'll say, right, show us you running. And she she showed her the pose. And it looks ridiculous, but in the photo, it looks great. Yeah. And she was just going, and it, so she showed you over a period of time all these different types of photos. Amazing. And then the, the same photo, like the same her on the same day, mm. like laying on a bed looking like shit. And really, like that's more relatable to most people than it is the other thing. But essentially, maybe it doesn't sell as many clothes. But but for me, I'd rather know what I'm actually going to look like in something than yeah. what I've, what someone else might look in it. Because you, yeah, so essentially, be sold uh, aspiration, a lifestyle sometimes. Yeah, so everything's aspirational. Yeah, they're running up and down a beach. I want to run up and down a beach, so I'm going to buy the same pants as them. So I look the same, but. Yeah, you know, they don't actually look like that. And I would definitely I not look like that. I think that applies very much to men as well now. Mm. Like men, um, you know, part of the kind of revolution of men, like the boundaries between men and women breaking down is that, well, like a kind of a side product of that is that they can now apply that same advertising to men. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's like if you're not a muscular man uh, and you haven't got, you know, you don't look like a footballer, then you're shit. Yeah. And again, like, that's all bullshit, of course. It's kind of my favourite thing that, like, at the time when I was driving around London in a van and everything, and I kind of started to see a shift in how people were kind of looking and dressing. And more and more people were wearing glasses and had like frizzy hair and checkered shirts. And it disappointed me that they were labelled kind of hipster because I've always kind of dressed like that anyway. But like it made me feel really good and comfortable. It was like geek chic almost kind of thing. It's like seeing it like what was yep. so alternative for such a long time was kind of in the mainstream. I don't really believe in like whole fashions take it like no one's deciding this whole thing. Like stuff you can go one place and see one person dressed as one thing and one person dressed as another thing. But like it's always nice to see when it's not like the zeitgeist, like the norm the norm when something's like a little bit kind when of the weirdos become the norm. Yeah, that's it. Well, that like that feels good. Yeah, but then there's also a bit. There's also like a big element of that that's like, oh no, I'm, oh no, I'm not special anymore. Yeah, maybe. Like that kind of fucks that up a little bit. Um, but in the same regard, it's like, yeah, you still, you're, you're still not, you know, you're still not getting images of like big guys, are you? No. You know, like. That that is still like you're still gonna get primarily your images of perfection. Yeah, of course. Are like muscly men, you know. All right, they might have a tattoo on their neck, which means they're not. A, oh, yeah, it's okay to have a tattoo on your neck. Yeah, now, yeah. you're not a criminal, but yeah, um, there's still that kind of idea that you you're not gonna get um Larry David. No, it's funny. Uh, like even the tattoo thing's crazy, isn't it? Like in our lifetime. 
tattoos were seen to be like a bit sort of rough and ready. Now, much is, see, I've always wanted one since I was a kid, but how much that kind of has changed. And now there's old ladies and kids walking around with them. And so I had this conversation with our friend Warren, uh, Warren Borg, who I also fucking talk to all the time. Yeah, I love him. And um, I haven't seen he, him for a little while, actually. I need to catch up with him. So he was saying uh, that uh, he got right into getting tattoos and then he realised living in Leon C where people invariably kind of fairly wealthy yeah uh, he was like every fucker has got covered in tattoos and then he would hear people having conversations in the posh bars um, about how much money they spent on their tattoos yeah and it was like uh, so it's an expression of how well That's you're interesting. doing. I never see that. Yeah, I know. I, I found that, that really interesting. I never thought that of that at all. Like, really, over that would be the cleanliness of the place, the design, flick through past pictures. Obviously, I'm, you did mine, so, you know, it was made sense for you to do it. But, but the idea that um, by being... Like if you've got your arm covered in someone's tattoos, doing like eight hundred quid on a sleeve, so they can well, walk no, around no, and go, yeah, yeah. Like, I try, this, this is eight hundred quid, like, like thousands, yeah, of yeah. Pounds. So if you've got lots of tattoos, you've you've got money. Wow, that what a shift! That really shifted it for yeah. me. Yeah, because I thought I'd never thought of it like no, that. No, I'd never seen that. That's crazy. Like you've got enough money to spend like a hundred pound an hour. Yeah. Wow. So the idea that it's an expression of uh, affluence and I'm doing well. Status symbol. So you've already got the car. Yeah. You might, all right, well, accept that uh, you'll have a Mercedes or a BMW because um, we accept that you've got to be ultra wealthy to have a, like a sports car. Yep. Um, but you wear all the labels. And then another expression of wealth and success is to be covered in tattoos. That's amazing. I'd never even thought of that. Like, no, no, my, no. It blew my I've mind. I've got tattoos because I like the tattoos that i got. Yeah, no, because that's because we kind of come from a rock and roll perspective. Yeah. You know, like the idea that a tattoo is like an expression of something and it's, um, it's almost like an expression of... Uh, I'm not like you. Yeah, you can't do that with tattoos anymore. No, you can't wear. You can't have a tattoo and say I'm not like you. You can't like. So you still can. Yeah, depends what your circles like. With me at work, I'm covered in tattoos. That's like that. That is a bit of a fingers up still. Yeah, but in a lot of circumstances, no, no. A lot of circumstances, like well, I'm doing all right. It's fascinating, isn't it? It is weird, and like now, if you look at like um, like pictures of models, men, male models, a lot of male models have got a lot of tattoos. I wonder though, because the um, the cover up makeup's really good. I know Kat Von D's got one. Like the, I've, I remember watching. It might have even been Kat Von D. Yeah, demonstrating yeah, she it. did a few with Sephora. I've uh, seen um, that it literally it's like paint. Yeah. And it goes on straight away, kind of thing. So maybe it's that. Like before, they might not have been able to get the get a job because they could see the tattoos but yeah. now they can cover them up so well especially if they bring their own stuff my mate Matt Matt Harrison his wife Katie Katie Harrison who listens to the podcast hello oh. Katie hello uh, she put a, posted the thing about where she did like cover ups 
like makeup cover-ups because she's a makeup artist. Oh, yeah. And it's like really, really easily done. But yeah, yeah, I've seen that Kat Von D one as yeah. well when they cover up all their tattoos. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't really know what that means. Yeah, I, I guess... suppose it means you can be everything to anyone. Yeah. You can still express yourself. And then when it comes to doing the job of the modelling job, you can still be what they want you to be, which essentially is what you had to be as a model. You had to, you have to give is. yourself over to whatever the brief is. Or whatever. Yeah. That's interesting. I'd never even given that a thought. It is interesting, isn't it? The idea that um, almost like uh, that when I was younger... Um, you always say travellers would be covered in gold. Yeah. And I, I hate that, man, because I, like, I know quite a lot of travellers. Yeah. And, um, I think you'd be hard pushed to find nicer people. Quite yeah, often. oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, in my experience too. Uh, but invariably, they'd be, like, they'd be covered in jewellery. Yeah. And the idea would be that um, their money was on them. Like so the hip hop like thing as well. Safer than the bank because like you're not going to take it off. No, yeah, then. definitely not. Um, but yeah, then it moves on to then it moves on another step to, um, like look look at me, I'm successful. Mm. And then you wonder what is it because I think sometimes like those kind of things about you trying to appear attractive to other to women. Maybe or, yeah. You know, like I think there's that idea that like that kind of um, the caveman thing that we come back to quite a bit. The caveman thing, as in, um, you want to appear uh, attractive to women, so you want to look like a provider. Yeah. Um, and then you also want to look like um, you can provide children. Yeah. And does it all kind of come back to that? Yeah, maybe. And then you think, no, women wouldn't go for that. Mm. But like women do go for that. Yeah, Not all true. women, yeah. but a lot of women. You know, well, some women yeah, yeah. do, you know, instinctively, they want to know that they're going to be looked like providing. Yeah, and if they can see that at first glance, I suppose maybe that's the yeah. thinking behind it. Yeah, I guess so. Which is why so many, you know, quite often, you're always amazed by the fact that you've got this mate who's a right cunt and you think, I can't believe any woman would ever go for him because yeah. he's so clearly all about him. Yeah. But yet he seems to pull all the time. Yeah. And then there's me who actually really does give a shit and he, he's pretty fucking, like, who does give a shit about women's yeah. feelings and that kind of thing. But I can't pull. Nah. It's funny. I think maybe it's like a confidence thing. It is. That's but what like I think even is. back to like the money thing, like my one of my favourite people was Steve Jobs, because out of everything that he had and everything else, he wore the same brand and type of blue jeans and the same colour shirt. He literally had like ten of these shirts and ten of these jeans and stuff like that. And when people get to a point of wealth but don't have to dress like it. That's always kind of fascinated me. Right, so there's a whole, so there's, there's this whole other school of thought. Uh, if you're not, like, there's Grayson Perry did a documentary about it. So people who don't have money want to look like they've got money. Yeah. So invariably, 
uh, that's when you see your people walking around in your really over the top Gucci trainers or gold uh, Mercedes. Yeah, really over the top stuff because mm. they want to look like they've got money. Yeah, but people who have got money mm. um, are normally embarrassed that they've got loads of money. Yeah. So old money. Yeah. So old money in England. Um, those people normally. Uh, Look, they left slightly Humble. worn out clothing. Yeah, I like that. And the, so they don't want to show off the fact they got. They're, they're almost embarrassed that they've got money. Yeah, and I feel that's kind of a bit of a superpower then, because yeah. like I like the idea of someone maybe like catching you off guard, and then you've been able to do something nice for them, and they they don't really sort of realise that. The problem kind of is like, though, it doesn't normally work that way. No. Nah. So normally, the people who have got loads of money, they normally mix with people who have got loads of money. Yeah, that's true. So uh, they they wouldn't ever be at a point where they would do that kind nah. of thing. That book I've been reading today, the Rich Dad Poor Dad one, and it yeah. says about the reason people are rich is because they don't spend their money on fat gold chains and Mercedes and stuff like that. Certainly coming up anyway, they're, they're literally just putting their money into like assets. If it's not, yeah, if it's not um, bringing money back in, they won't put money into it kind of thing. It's really simple logic, but um, it can be hard to get your head around when you've had 40 years. You have to have enough money to be able to have enough money that you could, um, invest and still live well yeah yeah of course so for us but you live but you change your means so you live by your means yeah if it means moving and just eating beans or whatever every day and it's only for four years knowing that essentially you're going to get the returns afterwards that's the men that's the mentality of of the rich yeah and the that's wealthy. similar to gary v isn't it really yeah exactly yeah so yeah be prepared to go without for the overall goal yeah but if you come from not having much, yeah. then obviously you want to have. Yeah, and when you can have, and all of a sudden you do, and then you're 60 grand in debt. And then you spent all your money. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It's interesting because uh, just like the slave slave to money, like a bit of Sweet Symphony, you're a slave to money and then you die. Yeah. And it's like, Ashcroft properly nailed yeah, it. Yeah, hundred percent. Even like the they're talking about all the retirement ages and stuff like that. I think that normally comes up when a lot of voting and po- the politics side. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a bargaining chip. Yeah. But um, yeah, they think they. I don't know whether they're thinking or whether they are moving it up to seventy or something like that. Um, like the retirement age. Well, I know they were going to put two years, another two years on it, and another three years or whatever. But yeah, it's basically that. Like you're working for seventy years. Spend maybe the next 10, 20 years, if you're lucky, living your life. And then uh, and then you die. Because the bulk of us sit in that area. So the bulk of us, you're either... You either haven't got a pot to piss in. So pension and that, it doesn't really come into the equation. No. Yeah, the pension the means fuck us, all now, Or you're it? so rich that it doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah. So the bulk of us is sitting in the middle. Yeah. But the main thing is keeping that wealth. Not everyone can keep that wealth. Um, and a lot of, like a lot of the they're putting some of the the celebrity suicides down to a lot of that thing as well. Like the pressures of actually maintaining that level of wealth and stuff is not easy. Which is where property management and stuff comes in. So what was, so I read so it's kind of uh, I read um, Stephen well Stephen Fry did like three autobiographies. Uh, they own like they owned an estate which was the family estate. 
but they didn't have any money. Mm. So uh, any money they had went into upholding the estate mm-hmm. and the estate was falling apart at mm. the seams. Um, so essentially they were poor mm. um, and like they'd have to grow their own food and everything to get by. Yeah. But anyone looking in would be like, you're rich. Yeah. So then he went to Cambridge um, because, essentially because he was intelligent but also on the family legacy. Yeah. But then he went there and he was poor. Mm. And like, he'd have to like wear his dad's clothes and things. Yeah. To try and represent this idea of uh, like wealth. But yeah. he was poor. Yeah. And it's when my uh, brother-in-law went to Cambridge. He went on a scholarship. Um, and his parents were, like they were as rich as my parents. Mm. Like, Basically, you had enough money to live a reasonably decent life. Yeah. You weren't, didn't have much left over, but no. you weren't all up by any means. Mm. Um, and he went to Cambridge and they were all like, where did your dad work? Yeah. Like, what's your legacy? Yeah, what's yeah. your legacy? It's like, I haven't got one. Yeah. So he, he hated it. He yeah. absolutely hated it. I mean, he smashed it, but mm. it, in many ways, it created a monster. Yeah, of course. Because you're like, you know, it just fucks your own. But how mad is it? Where do I come from? Who am I? Parts of our society can be so small-minded and pigeonholed. Yeah. It's crazy. But But I suppose I don't know any different. Again, but but just about money. Yeah. Just about how much money have you got. If if you're wealthy, then, like, I'd know your daddy's. Yeah. You know, like, and that, it's just money. Yeah. Like, if you were wealthy, you would have gone and eaten. Yeah. And it's like, well, why, why don't I know your dad? Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? Like, Frank Turner went to Eton. Oh, really? I didn't know that. He went to Eton and he was in the same year as Prince William. Wow, that's fascinating. But he didn't come from wealth. No. Nah. He got um, a scholarship. His parents were teachers, so he got a scholarship. But you imagine when he went there, like you're, you know, in your dorm with Prince William. Yeah. Everyone and everyone else is probably loaded. Yeah. Someone I work with, like her, her family were really, really rich, and like she went to boarding school, and like she was like the only like white person there. Everyone else's parents, parents were like from you know. United uh, Arab Emirates, yeah. yeah. So they had loads and loads of money, and they like so. The idea is that you get a good school if you go to England. Yeah, go to this really posh boarding school, um, and like yeah, she had money, but she was oh, fucking hell, the only <laughs> white one. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it is a different world. But that book that I'm reading, I'll lend it to you. It's fascinating. It's called Bit, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and. Uh, yeah, it outlays all of that stuff. It's mind-blowing for me reading that this morning. I got very excited. But I just kind of come to the conclusion that money's bullshit. Yeah. And all that really matters is love. Yeah. I know it sounds really hippie-ish, but, like, if you... You can have fuck all, but if you show your kids that you love them yeah. and they matter, and, like, you and your wife show each other that you love each other, yeah. or you and your husband... Um, that's really all that matters. Yeah, 
and they'll take that with them then. Yeah. All you need is love. I know it's really fucking cheesy. But yeah, but that's it's true. It's true. It is true. I agree. I need a wee. Right, goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening again. You mean the world to us. Yeah, you do. All you need is love and an oh, Apple oh, iCost. Oh, oh. I, uh, iCast. I cast. I'm fucked. iCast. cast. Dogs cast. <laughs> Shipping forecast. Bye bye. Love you. Bye.